Welcome to the Denver Deep Dive Podcast. We are your hosts, Charlie Cummings and Lorenzo Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us. Our focus is on bringing awareness to the expert knowledge, passion, and personalities that have been and continue to be part of Denver's vibrant growth. We'll be exploring commercial real estate, cryptocurrency, cannabis, food and beverage, and health and wellness, along with the experts operating enthusiastically in each space. Every episode will showcase the individuals impacting these arenas, what they see as industry participants, and what new insights you can take away for yourself and your current ventures. We know we aren't the only shamelessly curious people out there, so if you love learning for its own sake, you're in the right place. Follow us on social media, wherever you consume your podcast. On this episode, we welcome John Rotier, founder and CEO of New Ride Design, a business development and marketing solutions company based here in Denver. Their goal is to fully understand your business environment, then determine a custom plan to implement improvements and campaigns to help grow your business within your budget and timeframe. They treat every business as if it's their own. John has such a broad scope and extensive background in customer service and marketing, ranging from restaurants to death claims <laughs> administration. John, it is a pleasure. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. It's going to be here. Yeah. So, John, t- tell us about one of your uh, nicknames and the story behind it. Oh, good icebreaker. <laughs> um, well, the one that's the one that stuck around the most actually goes to my um, my music background when I was in the industry. I had a band called Current, which I really liked because uh, it's got so many different meanings. So, you know, it's, uh, time is current, uh, the wave has current, electrical current, all that kind of stuff, and uh, over time. Uh, the band went away, and I ended up t- turning it into a solo artist project, so I changed my name to John Current, and uh, it was kind of cool to have the dual personalities, so I could focus on business and be John Rotier, and then I could have this alter <laughs> ego as, as John Current, and uh, over time, uh, with a lot of uh, other guys that I played with, it turned into Johnny C, so I'm uh, still known by a lot of friends and musicians as Johnny C, and um, that's kind of what I go by when I'm still in that realm, uh, just enjoying some of, my, uh, some of the things that I do in my free time now. So... I guess, uh, tell us about your story getting into music. How, how long ago did you start playing? Oh, good question. I started, I uh, picked up the guitar in fifth grade wow. and um, took a couple lessons and just fell in love with it and continued to go with it. And then I started to sing. I learned how to play and sing at the same time. And um, yeah, I was playing in bars when I was 16 years old. Uh, you know, parents would go take us to the bar and <laughs> we'd load in and we'd play for, for everybody at the bar. And then I'd go home and go to school the next day. It's pretty interesting. So just kind of kept going with that. Um, and, uh, you know, over the course of, of school and, uh, you know, many other uh, interesting jobs, I decided to really go for it. I decided that I wanted to have my own record. And at that time, um, you know, CD technology was the thing. And I said, I got to have my own CD and uh, really devoted myself to it. I set that as a goal. And uh, after doing some traveling, I uh, uh, moved back to Philadelphia and um, got into the industry. I I went and I networked and I met the people that I needed to know and uh, ended up as an intern in Studio 4, which is in Conshohocken, just outside of Philadelphia, and got to work in a multi-million dollar facility. And that's where I met my producer. And he took me under his wing and listened to my demos and and, uh, took me in as an artist. And and the two of us worked for over a decade, uh, recording my own album. And I got to sing and play on a lot of other artists' records. And uh, it was a really, really cool, uh, cool experience. And unfortunately, all the money that I put into the recording of my studio 
uh, was absorbed. And at the same time, I had no money to market it. It was right when, um, what was the file sharing? All the music in Cap 3. Yeah. yeah. That, that hit <laughs> and uh, really just turned the industry upside down. And uh, I like paying my bills. And I had a lot of other opportunity going in the non-music business. And, uh, and so I went into the, the marketing and software arena and uh, I still play and still record, but it's obviously something I do in my free time because uh, it's a pretty, pretty tough gig being in the music industry full time, that's for sure. So one of the things I, I really impressed me about your background is you've worked in all these different industries. You know, we've talked about your experience in the you know, upscale restaurants, but you've also done other, other things. And so you're really well versed in uh, broad industries. You know, you're not just focused on one certain industry because you've, you've been exposed to a lot of it. So what, what have you learned throughout these different progressions through your career going from, you know, restaurant business, other things you've worked in? Uh, Great question. Gosh. Um, I think we hear this all the time and, and uh, I don't want it to sound particularly cliche, but I think customer service comes down, uh, I think, the utmost. Um, be, de- be decent. Um, you know, don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Right. Fundamentally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good place to start. Um, but being trustworthy, being ethical, um, doing what you say that you're going to do and then doing it, I think, is something that we've really lost a lot of. And, um, you know, I was blessed enough to have a really good teacher and my parents. Uh, they worked me hard when I was a kid and um, you know, they taught me the value of, of a good work ethic. And um, I think that trust and ethical approach has done a lot for me, even even when I was uh, really a rookie in the marketing area and you know my first trade show with a software company and I didn't understand the technology they were selling but there I was trying to shake hands and bring people in the booth and they they asked a lot of uh, very technical questions and, and I specifically remember this that um, somebody came up and asked that technical question and I said you know I can't answer that you know I, I don't know the answer to that um, but I'm going to write that down and I'm going to make sure that I can introduce you to the person who can answer that question and uh, they were kind of taken aback. They said, you know, most, most of the other people on the floor here just filled me with, with BS. They would have made something up. And, you know, if you're in marketing, you're kind of, <laughs> your job is to BS people. And <laughs> a lot of times <laughs> making them, uh, you know, think that you know what you're talking about. But uh, that honest approach uh, has worked for me over, over, over the years, which is uh, if you can do something, do it. And if you can't, let somebody know that you can't do it, but you're going to find a solution and, and guide them the right way. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah, what I've learned from, like you said, you know, uh, working in death claims and, you know, getting the phone call when <laughs> somebody passes away and taking that person who might be grieving through the entire legal process of getting their their uh, benefits back, uh, whether it's distributed to the kids or a surviving spouse or whatever that happens to be is good customer service. If I can help, I'm going to I'm going to help them. And if I can't, I'm going to make sure to get them to the right person. Um, and that's that's been true, not only in my experience, but also the experience of the clients that I work with to consult uh, with them everything from again, software, landscaping, uh, chiropractic practices is um is uh yeah be true so if somebody is looking for your services i guess go go through the scope of what you guys you guys do a lot of different services i would say you're more you know you're really a consultant going in looking at a holistic approach to to optimizing their business so explain some of the things you look at when a company comes to you and wants to engage with you in business yeah the first the first thing that we do is really 
understand the scope and size of the business. Um, we work with mom and pop shops where it's really just one person is the business. And we also work with with businesses that are, you know, more mid-sized, smaller mid-sized, you know, 50 to 100 people, things like that. And uh, we really can't start the conversation without understanding the size of the business, what their budget might be, doing a little research online to see really what do they have in place, what don't they have in place. And... Um, once we do that and we get a one-on-one -on -one going um, with the decision maker or the visionary, whoever it happens to be, who's, who's interested in growing their business, because there's no, there's no reason to talk to us if you're not interested in improving one way or another. You know, whether it's coaching or not, it doesn't matter whether it's consulting, coaching, we need new technology, we want more leads. Um, one way or another, you're looking to improve something. Um, and we want to know, uh, here's what we understand is when you're so close to your own business, you really, you miss so many things because you might be obscured by the daily vortex of everything you have to do and, you know, babysitting your employees or your clients or whatever, however it works, that um, a lot of times it's really difficult to have that self-awareness in your business to maybe see what you're missing or to maybe see what's good that, that you could really focus on. Um, you know, it's surprising how many times I'll ask a business owner, what's your most profitable service? Hmm. What's your most profitable product? Yeah, Whatever right. it happens to be. And, uh, and a lot of times that stuns them. Or why did you get into business in the first place? And, um, but the, profit, the profitable service is usually one that hits them. And either they can't answer it or they never really thought about it before. And as simply as I can make it, because it is, it gets a lot more sophisticated than this. But to answer your question, when we when we get to that point, and somebody says, you know, this is my most profitable service, which might be, it's the easiest for us to do. It takes the least amount of time. I don't have to do it as a business owner because my employee does it, and we make the best margin. So it's the easiest to do. We make good margin. That sounds like a pretty good idea mm -hmm. of profitability. A lot of times, you know, it takes five clicks on their website to get to that product, for example. So those are the kinds of things that we're going to understand the business. We're going to, uh, we don't do accounting or anything like that. I don't need to know that stuff that might come into play, but we'll, you know, get someone else involved because that's not our area. But um, once we learn that information and understand the vision and how they want to grow, that's where we can apply it to the marketing side of things to say, you know, you're making all of your, your leads work really hard to get to the easiest thing that makes you money. So let's start restructuring the marketing. Let's start restructuring your campaigns. Let's do it in a way that, you know, even if you're excited about selling this new thing, if you can sell a lot more of that thing and make money real quick, let's, let's focus on that. And so it's a conversation. It's a conversation about the vision and where they are, where they want to go, what's worked in the past, what hasn't, and then apply that to the next step so they can spend wisely in the right area. And how, how did you get into this space starting your own company? What, uh, you know, tell us about that. What, what, what was the turning point? For you starting your own company in this? Good question. It actually uh, it just kind of happened by proxy. Um, in 1999, I was the sixth guy in a startup software firm. And um, I was marketing director. And I did basically everything in that business except for, except for program the actual code uh, for the software that they were building. So um, all things marketing, legal review. Um, you know, I was able to use all my interesting background uh, experience to do everything except for punch code. <laughs> and and, uh, and that was great. And they actually tried to teach me programming and I started learning really quickly, but then I started looking at what their daily routine was. And I said, you know, I like shaking hands and kissing babies. I don't want to be in the office in front of my computer all day. So 
you know, focused more on the marketing and, and took that and ran with it. Um, yeah, so we were in the uh, Inc. 500 three years in a row, the fastest growing uh, privately owned companies, helped grow the company to over 150 uh, full-time employees, and we were acquired by Oracle in uh, the mid-2000s. And that's when, you know, like I said, by proxy, it was like, well, now what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to uh, very, very quickly um, transition from from that crazy vortex of, of um, you know, we were we were implementing with Merrill Lynch and ING nationwide. It was a, a very, very big corporate environment that we'd uh, put ourselves into, into the opportunity to take everything that I'd learned, all the experience that I have, and uh, just drop right into the consulting with small businesses. And um, so it was a pretty easy transition um, for me to just keep doing the same thing for for the little guys. You know, I love that. I love I love the passion and the energy and the vision of, of uh, people who own their own businesses and, and are excited about it. Um, it's definitely a grind. You know, I own my own business. I, I know it's not all fun and games. Um, but yeah, that, that transition was pretty easy to make because I got to keep doing all the things that I was good at. Um, but now I get to do it for all these different industries. So I'm learning a lot more. Um, yeah, it's, it's educational all the time. So, so what's one of your biggest pain points right now in growing your business? Uh, I think like most small businesses, it's being able to separate myself from being in the business instead of working on the business. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we find that, you know, I coach and consult clients on that and try to help them. And here I am in the same muck. (laughs) How do I get out of this? You know, how do I keep getting pulled into, uh, you know, deep level project work, which sometimes it just needs to be done. And, um, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, I get sucked into it sometimes because there are deadlines and we're going to treat every client the same. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if there's something urgent and it needs to be done, um, they're having the experience that I have. Oftentimes I can shortcut something by hours or days uh, if I'm the one hands on at the time. Uh, and it's, it's hard to teach someone 20 years of experience in a couple of years. You know, that's it. We've, we've got great guys. We've got great partners. And I think that um, I think that's the same with just about any business if, as, as the owner. You know it so well inside and out. You're going to train as hard as you can. Um, you're still often going to get pulled into it, um, depending on you know certain situations. Um, I would love to be only working on my business for <laughs> sure because uh, I, I like that part of it. It's creates more creative. Um, you get to meet more people. Uh, I love that brainstorming aspect of designing new campaigns and uh, you know understanding what people are about. And when it comes to the real screw turning aspect of it. Um, you know, I'm still pretty hands-on because I want to make sure that things are done right. And, um, yeah, so that's the part that if I could duplicate myself, I'd let the technical <laughs> part of John go, go do that. And I'd let the, <laughs> the consulting, you know, non-computer-based part of John get to go and, and uh, build relationships and maintain customer service at a high level. And, so what sort of innovation do you see in your industry happening? I mean, you guys are on the tech side of it, so you see a lot of different, different uh, things as far as advertising. What do you see in the next you know, five or 10 years as far as that changing, the model changing? Uh, That's a good question. And it's one that I really can't answer um, super clearly because uh, there's so many innovations that um, I think that could be great. You know, you think about how many different social media platforms have come out in the last 10, 15 years and how many don't exist anymore. Mm And, and this is tough. I can't really answer your question because I'm not studying those shiny objects as they come out. And uh, this is a pretty powerful statement. For most small businesses, 
the fundamental aspect of getting the structure of your business online in place and properly done, a lot of that stuff hasn't changed a whole lot right. over the last five to eight years. Um, our approach is very similar, and we find that at that small business level, you're not competing with the big guys. You can't compete with the big guys, but on, for the competition you have at the same level, if you do a lot of the homework and set things up fundamentally at the beginning the right way and tie up all the holes in the net and make sure you've got a good foundation, a lot of those shiny objects don't matter anyway. You know, a lot of that stuff is for the big guys who, um, you know, I think it's Dish Network right now is putting new technology together where the TV connects to your, uh, you know, a couple other aspects of your house that are Wi-Fi'd in so they can better understand your behavior, so they can push ads better. You know, it's really, really dialing in the specific nature of your personality and, and, uh, and your, what your habits are. That's a different level. There are a ton of innovations out there, um, but the work that I like to do is where um, you get that personal effect of working with a business owner to see the improvements. And um, those innovations are at a level that most of the clients that we shoot for, they're not going to be able to implement anyway. You know, it's just at such a different level. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. I mean, the technology is coming into our homes. Uh, freaks a lot of people out. It's, you know, it's in our phones. We all carry it around with us all the time. Um, but really, I think if you know a business well enough, um, as we do with our clients, and you start to understand their personality, the personality of their um, their perfect client, right? Um, for example, if you're a chiropractor, what are the kind of patients that you want? Do you want more sports people? Do you want more kids? Do you focus on uh, pregnant women, Right. Knowing that allows us to use the technology that exists now, as well as some of the, the new stuff that Google comes out with, um, but uh, really focusing in on an organic approach to let's make sure that your business is solid and you don't get carried away spending money and time on shiny objects, which you're probably going to blow your money because you you know if you don't have the foundation in place, there's no point in advertising I think you're right. I think every industry, uh, I think so. it's all about social media, but it's really how you use it, right? And there's a ton of people in your space that just sell Facebook or just sell Google, but sometimes, you know, for, for a certain client, you're not, it's not going to work. Yeah. Or it's not going to work to the level you think it is. So I mean, plenty of very successful businesses don't spend any money on Google, but they're they're going up 20, 30%. So clearly, you know, that avenue might not work for those those end users, you know, so it's it's other ways that they could market and improve their their you know capabilities absolutely and every business every business is different and i think uh, i think a lot of small business owners uh, get excited you know they have this like this is it oh this is the thing that's going to push us over and they listen to you know they're at the memorial day uh, barbecue and somebody says well this worked great for my business and you know <laughs> they have a totally different business so you know facebook advertising is a really good example it can work and i've seen it work in a few instances but it, but the approach has to be right you know just throwing money at something isn't the right thing to do and uh, i think you point out something where we really, I think, is truly our unique value to clients and to small businesses is that the Facebook ad guy is going to sell Facebook ads. The SEO company is going to sell SEO. You know, they're all selling their own thing and they're not looking at things holistically. And um, and here's fundamentally what it comes down to is we're going to help you spend in the right place, know what needs to be fixed, prioritize that, make sure it gets done in the right order. 
and have you spend the least amount of money as possible to get in place what you need to get in place. And here's the general order of things. Don't be a jerk. We started really right. with that in the beginning. <laughs> Let's start yes. with that. Right? Don't be a jerk. Okay. Be good at what you do. Sell a good product. Sell a good service. Be a good person. Okay. Let's assume that you've got that in place. All right. Who's answering your phone? If you've got someone at the front desk and she just broke up with her boyfriend and she's miserable and she hates her life and she answers the phone and says, yeah, right, we got to fix that. Okay, there's an order of things. Don't be a jerk. Make sure that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that person is their front sales force. That's their first impression when that phone call comes in. You know, my wife and I have left some doctor's practices because the front desk person is so, so miserable to deal with it. It's like, well, he's a great doctor, but. And when you meet Margie, she's, dir suck. she's director of first impressions here. So you, you'll see why. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's yeah. It takes yeah. a certain caliber person to be that good. It's so important. Be compassionate, mm -hmm. be friendly, offer the information. Don't be miserable. Right. Mm -hmm. So now if you've got, you know, you're not a jerk, someone's offering, answering the phones the right way. Well, now we can, now we can look at, at generating the leads. Make sure that your website is in place. Make sure you've got the fundamental stuff in place. You don't have to click three times to get to the contact page or your phone number. You've got good call to action on there. There's a long, that's a rabbit hole right there when you talk websites alone. But now that the website's in place, now you can think about getting your social media in place. Now that that's in place and it's all connected right, now start spending money on ads. That's when you start spending money on ads because ads are to generate leads. And if you're generating leads, and they can't get where they need to be on your website, and then they finally do get where it is, and some jerk answers the phone and doesn't want your business anyway because they're pissed off that they have to be at work that day, what are you doing it all for? You're just throwing ad dollars out. There's a big holes in the net. So generally speaking, as you know, simply as I can put it, that's the order of things. Okay. Make sure things are done in that right order because um, you, know, you can spin your wheels and spend a lot of money advertising, networking, doing all this stuff. And if things aren't done in that order, people, you're just going to lose the leads. People aren't going to want to talk to you. If, it take, if it's that hard to get to you and get to what's good, then you know, you're wasting your ad dollars. What's the best investment you made in yourself, both personally and professionally? Personally and professionally. Is there a certain thing that, uh, you know, a certain aspect of your life that you think has really uh, helped you grow in, in what you've been doing? Yeah, I think, um, I think from the business side of things, um, I've been blessed enough that, gosh, for however long I've been in business now, uh, running this, this company, coming up on, uh, I guess it's 14, 15 years, something like that. Um, I've never had to advertise all the business that we've gotten has been word of mouth and it's been really good. Uh, that's been fantastic. So as far as something new that I, that I changed, which I, you know, talked about over and over and over and I just never did it until last year was, um, I joined the chamber of commerce. I started networking, you know, like crazy. And that is, um, that has just skyrocketed our, our new clients. Um, the new relationships that we've built, uh, our sense of community, all of that. You know, fundamentally, if you just talk bottom line, mm -hmm. um, that has been the biggest investment that I've ever made because it's not just an investment in money, but it's also a big investment in time um, and, and emotional uh, energy as well, right? You're meeting new people. You're finding out who works, who doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think people don't realize how much energy that can, uh, that can pull out of you when uh, three nights a week, you're out doing networking happy hours or lunches or events, and um, you know you're performing. You are you are on. You are performing at that point. 
Um, but it's been, um, from a monetary, from a revenue standpoint, it's been the best thing that I could have done. And, and I was at the point where I really did want to have another push to grow. So that was big. So where can people learn more about your company, your work? Uh, what are, how can people reach you? What's the best way? Just go to the website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. New Ride Design. New N-E-W. Ride, R-I-D-E, design.com. And uh, yeah, you'll see the services that we offer and um, the consulting that we that we offer. And um, really, I think that's the place to go and pick up the phone and give us a call and, um, you know, we'll see what we can do for you. Uh, you know, we... I love getting the phone call. If it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. If we're not the right fit, we'll let you know. And, you know, we're only going to sell you what you need. So, you know, everybody wins. And I would say the other thing I'm sure people are asking is uh, your music. So where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Good question. Um, yeah, so I was in, um, I was in um, one of the biggest uh, cover bands in Denver for something like six years, which I quit uh, just a few years ago. And they still play. I still hop in with them every once in a while. Um, to focus on my business and my wife and my kid and all that kind of stuff. But I'm um, starting to play acoustic out again this summer. So, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, reach out to Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> reach out on Facebook. Uh, my name will be in there somewhere. The, the real name, John Rotier or Johnny C. And uh, you'll, you'll find where we're playing. So, yeah, this summer I'm going to get back into it and do some, do some happy hour gigs and uh, some bar scene stuff. And uh, just got to get out and play again. I miss it. I really miss it. It's fun. Well, we're excited, John. Thanks yeah. again for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie.